Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders. I have coffee now, and I am a chunk. I'm Doge. I have coffee now, and Becky's from Earth, just not ours. The hunk tore a hole in our dimension. And I'm Carter Coffee. Coffee Carter. (laughs) It's it's still just soaking in. Um, And chunk, please. You've been to space. (laughs) That'll work. Oh, here we go. I'm eating a cinnamon roll. As am I. I could tell you I could tell you why Doge is hunky. Hey, why, why is Doge hunky? Why am I? Because we walked into Crumb and Kettle, which Our is like favorite local joint. The favorite. Yeah, big shout out. Because they got to the good coffees. Sometimes they'll have taco deli tacos. Today we had a lovely cinnamon smell. Mm. And we said, is there a way for us to eat it soon? Can we eat that smell? Hey, what's the deal with that? She smell? said, Oh, that's those it? fresh cinnamon rolls in the oven. They'll be out in two minutes. So everyone before Doge got one, Doge had to hold off a little bit. And so he kind of took the... I took a bullet took for the, the bullet team. For his, took for a, cinnamon, team. a cinnamon a real hunky bullet. For he the really team. put the L in cinnamon roll, but... Like he's sitting here <laughs> smelling it. Yeah. That's After be Jordan tough. barely decided to even get one because he said he was too full from the 4th of July. I still... That's not... That didn't even change. I'm still I too am, full. I honestly... I want one really badly, and don't worry, I am getting one. She she put another one in the oven for me. It'll be here in 15 minutes, and so there will probably be a break in the episode when I get my cinnamon roll. Oh, 100. But I am still full from the 4th of July. I was reflecting on it, and I, I, I started eating. I didn't eat anything until like 2 o'clock, and then I didn't really stop eating until like 8.30. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just kind of had one giant long meal yesterday. Oh, At one point, I best. took a bite of a hot dog yesterday. And genuinely for a moment was like, is it going to overflow? <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? Right. Is this bite of food yeah. once swallowed just, is is there anywhere for it to go or is it just going to sit at the top of my esophagus? Yeah. That's holiday, Carter. <laughs> you know, I yeah. think 4th of July might be 3rd. It's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, 4th. In terms of, I think I agree in terms of consumption. And then, yeah. Yes, pure gluttony. As a local boy. And then it's the state fair. Yes. Oh, the state fair is... It's a, a different kind eat. of full, though. That's the kind of full that really could kill you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I I feel my arteries just being like, you jerk. Yep. That whole time. You wake up and like instead of some kind of like 
blotch or a zit or something on your face, you're, it's just fried mm-hmm. in like a small you, section a of your small face. small funnel cake. It's just yes. fried. <laughs> <laughs> when I could eat my weight in those corn dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Chelsea's number one, the Fletcher's. Ooh, boy. The old two-second corn dog. Have you seen how fast it is mm-hmm. they make those? Mm-hmm. Just shelling them out. I think the last time I had corn dogs was on a 50-cent corn dog day at Sonic. And I spent $4. Yes. And you got had, eight? I had eight corn dogs for what dinner that day. What an amazing feat you've done. It was incredible. It was incredible. And they wow. weren't even from the trash. They were fresh from Sonic. <laughs> and I ate them. You You're going to start getting way ahead of those before <laughs> we can even get close. I get comments from people a lot about like, you know, I've seen all three of you guys, and like the chunk name doesn't really fit so much anymore. All <gasps> of you guys are looking good. I hear that a lot, which is awesome. But then moments like these happen <laughs> where we reveal our true, like, inner chunky ways. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of you out there. And that there, they're though. still there. And I love it because it's like, you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what I'm capable of doing to myself. Please do not judge me by my cover. I will eat eight corn dogs for dinner soon. <laughs> Real soon. I might have even done it right now. <laughs> That's funny. Why? What else is this podcast for? I don't know. I'm, ha- I'm going I'm into fine a- with this if y'all want to just yeah. keep talking about food. Welcome to Cinnamon Rolls and Coffee Bros. It didn't rhyme. I yeah. wanted it to rhyme. We better stay with two chunks. Welcome, to who, let the like cor- movie welcome to who Let the Corn Dogs Out. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> who? <laughs> who? <laughs> welcome to... Nope. <laughs> I was going to do something like... Orange... Chicken trash. I didn't say banana. <laughs> it was really bad. It was like yeah, the that joke was really that bad. <laughs> Instead of orange, you glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But putting the chicken in. Welcome to. Okay, here's a podcast. It's called Corn Dogs and Wild Hogs, and it's where we <laughs> eat corn dogs. We ride and- our motorcycles to every local corn dog joint, and we try to do all one in every state. That would be a good podcast. No, I have a better idea. <laughs> corn dogs and wild hogs. No, this is travel channel. Eat, this is where we eat corn dogs and only every week discuss the Tim Allen vehicle movie. Oh, uh, wild okay. hogs. Do you okay. mean the John Travolta vehicle movie? Oh yeah, they both are, huh? The motorcycle vehicle. Remember the William? H- you mean the William H Macy vehicle? Is movie? he in that too? Yes. Good dude. grief! We should do that movie. <laughs> I never saw it. I just. Know those things because it really stood out to me. I was like, "Are you? Is this a joke?" This feels like a really weird way to start an episode of our podcast about a really huge movie. But I'm, here we I'm are. I'm sure everyone can tell what movie we're talking about today. But oh, so let's just go ahead and say, say, it, right? say it. Yeah. yeah. Today, of course, we're talking about Spider-Man: Far, Far from, from Home. Oh man. Okay. It's time. Hey, Josh. Yes. Do, do you do you have a little something something for me? I do. Would you? Oh yeah. Use your use your. Use your doge tingle and uh, help me out here. I'll spin you a web of words. There it is. Before we get too much farther, I feel like we've got to say, huge, huge spoiler alert for all of this. If you haven't seen seen Far From Home, if you haven't seen Endgame, if you haven't seen Iron Man 1 from 2008, if you are not caught up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, enormous spoiler alert. You're going to have a bad time if you listen to this. It feels like spoilers are a bigger thing for Marvel movies because yeah, they're, they're usually huge. pretty twisty and you yeah. do have this whole universe that it's like, if you spoil this, you could mess up the adjacent movies yeah. coming and just recently released. It's right. a Jenga tower, I think. Oh, such a good way to put ideas. it. Yeah. yeah. That being said, everyone who has who is not caught up has turned off this episode, no doubt, but still downloaded it because they love us and want to support us. Hundred. Mm-hmm. Hundred. Spider-Man Far From Home picks up 
in 2023. This is the unsnapped reality. Uh, Peter is sti- still dealing with the death of Tony Stark, uh, and he feels this kind of immense burden, and, and he is forced with figuring out how to be a hero in a world that has completely changed. And that's really general and really broad, and that gives us a big sandbox to play in for the next 55-ish minutes. So that's it. That's all I'm going to give you. There it is. Uh, Something that I'd like to do before we go much further. Yeah. I do want to say, for those of you that might not have heard Two Chunks do a Marvel movie before, you're in for a treat. And this is just me as also someone who gets to experience it. (laughs) But Jordan and Doge, like, that was foundational. David Bleese. Yeah. Uh, who was who I replaced? Um, the three of them started this podcast as a let's tackle the entire MCU and DCU. Yeah. Um, and so it's really fun. I it was hard for me. We we got to have probably more conversations about a movie before we record the podcast than usual because I, I really could not not say anything to them because I want to pick their brains. All that to say, both of these guys know a lot about comic books and a lot about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so we we always get such good feedback about Marvel podcasts that we do. They're fun to talk about. And it's usually fueled about you guys. <laughs> it's never the one dude that didn't know the name of that planet. That was my favorite part. <laughs> like, no, that's me. Um, but it's really fun. So I'm excited to talk about this. And Doge, is this your number one? This is your guy? Is He's- this your favorite superhero ever or just your favorite MCU? Favorite fictional character. Actually, amazing. Wow. No, my number one, number one boy of all time. Fun, yeah. fun, fun, fun. And That's this awesome. is coming from the guy who brought out a Greek mythology book for Hercules. When we <laughs> right, did. Disney doesn't. So get right. ready for the knowledge. So um, yeah, this this movie, as as Dosh said, basically immediately starts off with like, "Hey, if you didn't see Endgame, your life is ruined now," because it is immediately into sort of the dangers of a post Tony world. Yeah. yeah. Which leads to an elemental in was it Mexico? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. We see, uh, we and then see, a reference to the one that's the cyclone one. But we see the right. our first one. We see is the Earth one, the Earth right. elemental. Yeah, we see. We see. Uh, eventually, which we this see, makes me think of Hercules. That's so yeah. funny. Oh, the yeah, Titans. like the Titans. We see Mariah Hill and uh, Nick Fury. Right, that's our mm-hmm. sort of first shot of this yeah. movie is dealing with the aftermath of something that's happened in Mexico that we don't really know. Yeah, they said it had a face. It did have a face. Yeah. And then our boy, Quentin Beck, shows up, lands mm-hmm. on the ground. Good superhero eye. landing. Yeah. And uh love love a like pre-title sequence scene. Oh yeah. yeah. And it just ends abruptly like that. Yeah. That's so fun. It was like, what did he say something? Yeah. When you, he landed? Uh either like a you shouldn't be here or a like this is a below like this is too hard for you kind of thing. Yeah, something oh, okay. like that. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> you're going to need my help. Something along Something those like lines. Something like that, yeah. very much yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And then we get one of the most jarringly strange Marvel title sequences yeah. in a long the com- time. Comic Sans in memoriam, and then I Will Always Love You with really low-resolution images of the dead Avengers. Yes. Yeah. It's really funny. It's really, oh, it was really funny. so funny because we find out it's a high school newscast yes. produced in memoriam. Oh, it's so good. So and I thought the girl from the announcements was Betty Brandt. It's not. Really? Is it? It is Betty. Yeah. Is that it? is Betty. That's yeah. Betty. Oh. Yeah, they say her name. Yeah. They're like it's Both in the those lower kids third. end up going on the, the trip. 
Do they really? Uh-huh. Okay, because the 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 dude from the announcements is from Brigsby Bear. Oh, I one love of your him. favorite movies. Yeah. I love him very much. Okay, cool. So we get um, very funny announcements. Like right off the bat, this movie is much like Homecoming. Like so funny. I think this was funnier than Homecoming. I, I think so the the class, the interactions with the other students, the interactions with the teachers. I think this all worked for me a lot more than it did in Homecoming. Yeah, Martin Starr yes. at one point in this movie, uh, he plays the teacher. What's his name, Mister? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Starts with an H. He's the chaperone, and at mm-hmm. one point he yells, "I'm trying my best," and it's <laughs> uh, so funny. He's yeah. great. Like he crushes it in yeah. this movie when he yeah. talks about his his wife faked being snapped. And yes. they had like a funeral for her <laughs> oh and my all this stuff. Like he was just killing me at every I, turn. You know what? Like Marvel continues Julius, to. That was what he said. I'm trying I, my best, Julius. Yes. <laughs> and I promise I'm not. Okay, I'm drinking the juice, but I promise I'm not. Like I'm trying to look at this critically. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Marvel continues to be really brilliant with the things that they do. I started thinking about. What a perfect world. Like, if you're saying each hero has their own world. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What a perfect world for us to go to after the devastating results of Endgame. Yeah. What a great person to have Peter Parker and his friends. Yes. To just kind of be there and be like, hey, it's okay. We're still young. We got energy. Mm. Like, it's going to be good. We get to see the humor of a high schooler. I thought that was brilliant. I thought yes. if it, like if we did all of this and then we went to Thor, mm. it's either going to be too funny that it's disrespectful, or it's going to be unnecessarily something else, right? Yeah, because like really it's like a fantasy. Somber, I was trying to yeah, think of like right. what are the other worlds going. Well, one of the things that makes Spider Man so great as a character <clears throat> is one of the things that makes this work as the story to wrap up Endgame, which is he is so people focused and so average person focused as a as a hero as a character that. He spends this movie surrounded by more normal people than any other hero we have. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the that's the inspiration behind the character, right? No, like, right. Like when when Stanley created him, the the goal was, what if we had a hero who could a stick to walls and b worried about paying his rent on time? That he's relatable right. in a way that Tony Stark and Reed Richards and Bruce Wayne are not at all. Right. But even in this movie, yeah. There's no other character that we could feasibly make an entire movie where they're surrounded by average people who are feeling and dealing with the consequences of the snap. Yeah. And a big old pump to the actual real relationship that showed blatantly on screen between Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. That also has added so—it's made it so poignant. It has made that relationship and this movie more meaningful, and I could just— Man, I, he's not my super pump because I don't think I I I, I feel like I've done it before. But Tom Holland, Tom oh, Holland is he's so good Peter in this. Parker. I think he's on another level in this movie too. And everyone who even works with him, it was fun. I I love Jake Gyllenhaal too. So it was fun to see when they're doing their their media junket. It was fun to see those two interact. But almost everyone says, and Jake Gyllenhaal even says, I know that they people say this on junkets all the time of like they were the best to work with. We're friends even outside of this. He was like, you need to hear me. <clears throat> Tom legitimately is a wonderful human being. Yeah. And I love this kid. That and I think he cool. is so talented. And I was like, that's dang awesome. it. But he, that's not the only person who said that about him. Yeah. And that's funny that he kind of is the little brother of the MCU. It feels yeah. like everybody picks on Tom, but I think he loves it. I think so too. Yeah. I would. I mean, who doesn't want Anthony Mackie to make fun of them? You know what I mean? Like, that's so fun. Yeah. But um, we, we get at the beginning of this movie, the setup, which is we're going on a trip. 
We're going on. Is it? Uh, is it? A, uh, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. It's a science trip. Okay, but is yeah. it a summer trip? Is that what I'm getting? It's a summer, like a study like, abroad summer okay. trip. That's yeah. what I thought. But it's a science trip because he's at a, a like a magnet, Midtown Magnet, like science high school. Right. Yeah. And he's got a plan for a crush. And that crush is, of course, MJ. MJ, yeah. Played by Zendaya. The wickedly talented Zendaya. She is Michi. She, she also is. is. And I, I'm in on this joke now. You now know about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. But she, she really does a great job here. Um, She's kind of everywhere right now. She is yeah. kind of everywhere right now. I dig it. Yeah, I'm all about it. Um, we also get um, our boy Ned back again, which yeah. is always a treat for everyone. Like Ned, the chair? The chair. Yeah. The guy in the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get some Spider-Man action in New York before we leave, don't we? Mm. No, he's just at that fundraiser thing that made That's for homeless what it is. people. I knew he wore the iron. Yeah. yeah. Here's what's funny, though. So Marvel keeps doing this thing, and they're really tricky, that there's almost always now, like for the last five or six movies, a scene in the trailer that is not in the movie. Yeah. So what made me think of that, too, would be like, yeah, no, he was. Yeah. That he was, like, fighting in the stealth suit already. Mm. Someone in New York before he went to go. Right. Didn't happen. He is doing something with the police, right? No, he's just interacting with them at the fundraiser. Yeah, that's, he's yeah. only ever in the fundraiser and then on that roof. Yep. Um, right after the fundraiser. That's it. Yeah. That's all we get in New York of the suit. And then we, we're done I with lo- the Iron I Suit. I love the relationship between him and May with her knowing that Peter's Spider-Man. It's super fun. Yeah. I didn't know that it would work for me. Really? Well, when they first revealed like, to her. Like a year ago. Right. Yeah. Like when, when Homecoming ends and it's or what two or years whatever. Ago. Yeah. I didn't know that it would work for me. And it really does, I think. Because I think if she was elderly, it would not. Because mm. I want, I want you know, an older Aunt May who is kind of oblivious. But it, uh, when she is younger and I, I feel like can sort of protect herself or I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But yeah. as a younger Aunt May, it does work for me, I think. That's the thing. Being a being a, a big time Spider Man fan, it, it's hard to separate this Aunt May because this is so different from anything we've seen before. Right. It's, it's probably closest to Aunt May in the Ultimate Universe, in which she finds out Peter Spider Man and then opens her house as like a, a foster home for some of the kids from the X Men mm. uh, when cool. stuff goes wrong at the X Mansion. Um, but there's there's this I don't know. There's this disconnect for me because I really, really love the the story that we do sometimes with Aunt May, where Peter unmat like Peter willingly tells her like I'm Spider Man, and she goes I've always known. Right. Yeah. I love that element, and it's a little sad to yeah. me that we won't get that in the MCU, but nah, I can live without it. You know. Sure. Yeah. But it, it's different now. Like so yeah. much is different now. I love that they're doing. What's the name of her food pantry? Um. Uh. It's Feast. Feast. Yeah. I love that they're doing Feast. Yeah. I think that's really cool. It's from the comic books? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, May May runs a homeless shelter in the comics called called Feast. Well, she doesn't run it. She she co-manages it with Martin Lee, who turns out to be a supervillain called Mr. Negative. If you've played the Spider-Man PS4 it's game. Mr. Negative, point, he's just like this a is, really like he's just a downer. Uh this story. <laughs> you know that salmon adapted. roll was twenty four hundred calories, right? <laughs> Probably was. I believe it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, eventually Spider-Man deals with Mr. Negative and, and May runs Feast. This mm-hmm. is Adapted for the PS4 game if you've played that recently. But Feast is a really cool way of showing audiences like Aunt May's heart for people. Yeah. Which yeah. is a huge part it of the It gives her, her agency. It gives her something to do other than just sitting Worry and waiting Peter. for Peter to rescue her yeah. from the Green Goblin or something. Yeah. 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 From a that. casting side of things too, Marissa Tomei represents such a great example of what the MCU continues to do. Yeah. And it's like every role like is someone who you've probably heard of 
like she doesn't even like even Gwyneth Paltrow. She had a bigger role in Iron Man three. Yeah, but it was still just kind of someone in the background as like playing legitimate support that has the acting chops to not have to worry about them. Yeah, and then especially too because Tom Holland was not a big deal. I mean, we just did we played extra credit for the first time trying to say what is he top yeah, four things he's yeah. known for. And three, and we thought maybe even possibly four of the four were these Marvel movies that yeah. happened within the last six years. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to see how, and I think being such a sports fan too, a lot of times you sign veterans to try and get the young kids that are really talented. To come like learn underneath. Yeah. To learn yeah. underneath and then to give them support. And that's really what it feels like they've done with Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah. I, I his, really do love him. Yeah, I do too. He's yeah, so good. Too. He can't be my super <clears throat> pump. Because I think in almost every Marvel movie where he is and where he's in it, he's my super pump. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to do something different this time. Do you think but it made it a little so good? Do you think it made it a little bit sweeter that we got Spider Man so late in the MCU that he got to be such a big thing to be introduced in Civil War because of all the Sony stuff? I think so. I think it. I think at like, the time that, like when everything was starting, I think he would have been like a. They would have done him instead of like Thor or something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, have, he would you know? have replaced somebody. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been a completely different vibe if the MCU had had Spider Man. I agree. From day one. Well, and I think it helps him not only feel younger than everybody, but newer than everybody. You know what I mean? Like, fresh in every way. Right. He's, he's not only fresh on the scene in universe, he's fresh on the scene here for us watching, too. And that fresh vibe, too, makes it because if we had watched another eight movies on top of this one that Spider Man had been in, the yeah. concept of you're the new Iron Man. Might you would have been like, just do weight. it, kid. Look at all the stuff you've done already. Yeah, but You're he still is so brand spanking new. Yeah. So I always wonder what came first. Like, was it written around? Like, are they using that to their advantage that they just introduced Spider Man? Like the MCU, so, yeah. you know? So, yeah, really yeah, interesting. I think so. And um, <clears throat> so I, I think that now is a good time. So Peter's dodging um, Nick yeah. Fury's calls. Yeah. Goes to pack his stuff. Aunt May throws his suit in. Yep. Um, I'm actually glad to be rid of the iron suit for a little while. I, yeah. I love, I mean, I, I'm just, give me fabric Spider-Man yeah. all day. Yeah, the iron suit felt appropriate for war, which yes. is kind of what the last yeah. three Spider-Man movies you gotta were. You got to put yeah. on your armor. Not homecoming, you know? yeah. Um, and so he goes, he's off. And I, I loved the uh, the TSA scene. That was great. I thought he was going to make actually, a cosplay joke. I actually didn't love that. Really? Yeah. Why, why would she not say, wait, you're the... You're the Avenger. You're the kid. Oh, I feel like it was a pretty clearly like a, oh, anybody can make a fabric costume because it's not some so iron suit. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's sort of the the joke is his regular suit's just fabric. It's like a little kid, the little kid walking around on Halloween with a Yoda right. outfit on and E.T. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's so. It's just yeah. no alien. He's not, Doge, you know that kid's not actually Yoda, right? Wait, no, Yoda's in E.T. <laughs> the real Yoda. Does you know? <laughs> but, um, and then we end up in... It's not Venice first, is it? It is Venice yeah, first. It is Venice, yeah. And because uh, we have the water elemental. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Good place to put one. Sure. Yeah. In Venice with water. With water in Venice. That's true. Um, and so, so here's here's my question: Why did we even include bringing the suit? I don't think he ever puts it on. I think he doesn't. Does he? I uh-uh. think the suit is there. To show us how much he's fighting against doing it. Right. I think because it would have been that easy. To just go put it on. It's there. It's yeah. in my suitcase. Yeah. But he's well, like, but, no. But he gets caught out without it the first time. And then he gets a new one the second time because he yeah. says that he doesn't want to wear the suit and be recognized. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I don't even know. I'm well, trying to figure out what the purpose I mean, of including that, I think it is because he's 
trying to dodge the responsibility of Spider-Man <laughs> and trying to hide from the notoriety that comes with being Spider-Man. You yeah. know, I, I think he couches it in, if they see red and blue Spider-Man, they're going to know it's me. But I think more than that, it's like, I'm going to be recognized and I'm going to have to do something. And I just, I want to break. Mm. Because he doesn't want to be, you know what I mean? I think there's an element of like, I want to live up to Iron Man, but I don't want to be the next Iron Man. Right. Always on call, always on duty. I want to have a life. Yep, 100%. And the fun part too is like, even though it doesn't, in com- in comparison, and I think it's supposed to juxtapose like a lot of what other heroes are wrestling with. Like these decisions yeah. of this or that. Like Thor's got like his legacy and ruling a world that is not Earth. Yeah. Things like that. But for it to just be a relationship, a yeah. girlfriend, yeah. is and the central thing that's like pulling him and stuff. I love that. And the way that it's all handled is so high school in a really like pure and real way. Yeah. That makes it, I mean, um, I always forget the name of this director. John Watts. John Watts. He, I, I feel like he understands like high school kids in a way that is reserved typically only for like John Hughes. I agree. This doesn't feel like, I mean, I mean, typically when we have a high school movie, we have a lot of like 21, 22, yeah. 25 year olds playing high schoolers. Uh, the thing and that we still do, I, they are that, but it doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? Like they're written, they're written like high schoolers. They're not written like adults. But, and they're, they're written like high schoolers, but not in the way that people cheapen high schoolers exactly. to be nothing. It's, it's a respectful, a respectful writing of these characters as teenagers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fully fleshed out people with moral compasses and values yeah. who at the same time often falter because they're just going, but I want to do this thing instead. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and great. The, what the great thing about that too, and so much of it can go back to Stan Lee, obviously, but in this movie, because I always try and think of like demographically, what kind of money are you trying to make sure. with this move? All of it, I think, for this one. You know, but like with, yeah, with having them as high schoolers and like showing a what feels like a more genuine, thoughtful portrayal of high school schoolers, doesn't feel like a money grab. It's what Stan Lee just wanted. He wanted high schoolers to enjoy like he wanted you as the kid, as the comic book main demographic, yeah. to have like Doge said, someone to relate to. Yeah, and yep. it continues, and I, I'm glad they held on to that. This was the first Marvel movie without a Stanley cameo. Mm. Oh, Did you guys notice yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That is Sorry, tough. That's the a twenty big, twenty third bummer through the episode. Yeah. They had that cool um, him and Jack Kirby like signature thing at the end, which yeah. was cool. Yeah, I hope they do that more with other stuff. It was Steve Ditko, him and Steve, Steve Ditko. Ditko. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, but that that was awesome. I really liked that a lot. Yeah. Um, I do. I do want to get to yeah let's in move Venice. The, plot. <clears throat> um, the elemental comes and Mysterio rides in to Ba-ba. save the day. Congrats, MCU! You got basically the whole cast of Zodiac in the MCU now. Whoa! Yeah, that's true. Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Top yeah. three. Isn't that funny? Yep. But they're all here. That's awesome. Um. So Jake Gyllenhaal is my super pump. Uh oh. Yeah. No surprise there, probably for anybody. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting because in the first half of this movie, I was like, "Is he phoning it in right now?" Right. Yeah. But, man. He he spends this whole time as this cheesy like, "I can save you. Don't worry, little kid. I'm here for you." Like yeah. this whole thing. And I was just like, "Whoa!" Like that's it. Felt like he was phoning it in, but brilliant. It, it also felt like believably sweet. You know what I mean? It There's did. an element of it that felt like. If, I don't know, when I first thought I was a little disappointed, uh, but then as I watched it more, I was like, maybe he really is just playing this like really sweet guy. It 
it tricked me into not believing something I knew to be true right? about the character yeah. Mysterio. There was a moment. <laughs> That's so good. There was a moment where I was like, maybe I was, maybe he's not. They're not going to go that route with the character, and then they super did, and and it was amazing. Yeah. Um, in Venice, we get this whole thing, but I want to talk about Mysterio for just a second, mm-hmm. just as a character. There's a part later that was the moment that I decided that him as a character, but I think that for me, Mysterio, so Quentin Beck. The Vulture, um, Baron Zemo, Thanos, and maybe Justin Hammer. Oh, top Sam five, Rockwell. Top five villains in the entire MCU for me. Loki doesn't scratch that. I don't call. I don't consider him a true villain. Okay. Um, he would honestly probably be my number one if I were yeah. to consider him a villain, but I don't consider him a true villain. I would call him an anti-hero. Okay. More than anything else. That's good. Those five people. And two of them are Spider-Man specific. Yeah. Like, come on, man. He just has the best villains. Yeah, we were talking about that beforehand. I think it's a conversation the three of us have had before. Spider-Man yeah. villains are to the MCU what Batman villains are to yes. the DCU. There's yeah. just a lot of good, a lot of really good ones. Oh my goodness. It's it's a bottomless pit with Spider-Man. Yeah. Did you know that um Tom Holland had wanted Craven to be the villain? Like uh, and have Momoa, Jason Momoa play Craven in this movie. So based That's on interesting. based on the post credit scene or the mid credit scene of this movie, I wouldn't be surprised to see Craven pop up pretty soon. I think it's gonna be Scorpion in the next one, but we'll talk about that when we get to yeah, the end. We'll get there. But here in Venice, uh, we we see Mysterio fight the elemental. <clears throat> um, we see him save the day. Uh, Nick Fury finally gets through to Peter, brings him in. Peter says, "I'm out. No thanks." Quentin's like, "Yeah, I respect your decision." Except for that S.H.I.E.L.D. does not respect the... Well, not S.H.I.E.L.D. Fury doesn't respect the decision. Hijacks Peter's science field trip and takes him to a little cabin, shack, gas station rest stop, where Peter is led into a room with a blonde woman who I really thought was Gwyneth Paltrow for a second. I did too. I thought she was going to be standing in there. I thought she was going to have Morgan and be like, somebody wanted to see you. And I was preparing uh, my heart to break. So yeah. Cute. If, run, if he runs up and calls him like Uncle Peter or yeah. something. I was yeah, preparing I my heart to That shatter. would be their ploy to say, hey, you need to be the next Iron Man. Exactly. Right. I see yeah. it. Um, but instead we get the, uh, basically the noir suit. It's not, but it's yeah, basically the noir basically. suit. It's the stealth suit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the worst subplot in this whole movie at the same time, which is Brad taking the picture and being like, oh, dude, are you with some lady in this yeah. bathroom? Like, that was uh, weird. It felt contrived to me. And I also didn't love that Peter almost killed him with a drone strike. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, that is, it was almost my super dump for this movie. Yeah. Um, that Peter, being as smart as he is, was almost dumb enough to kill his classmate. Yeah. <laughs> because he had a picture of him. <laughs> yeah. That he could easily explain what was happening. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. And we haven't, so because we're here, we don't have to talk about everything that happens on the plane, but one of my favorite plane? plot, the airplane, when they get yeah, when to, they fly over. one of my favorite plot lines in this subplots is the relationship <sighs> that was formed on the airplane. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you now. That that had me giggling every Ned time it was referenced or Nettie? anytime, yeah, anytime yep. the two of them Ned. were together. 
Because it was just kind so of like, good. he's the one pulling for a single, we're single high school dudes going to Europe. <laughs> we're American yes. bachelors. In American Europe. bachelors. And so two funny. seconds later, he's calling her babe. That was my favorite part because yeah, every great. high school relationship is that. Babe, yes. what do you think, babe? 100%. But I just wanted to make sure we we referenced that. <laughs> oh, I so did good. very much enjoy it. Uh, I did love, I loved Peter, uh, like getting the Edith glasses and and... Kind of exploring that. Was it even dead? I'm the hero. Yeah, which is great. So Tony, uh, how does he hear Edith? I would assume it's like those sunglasses that vibrate the bones. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I would assume there's no like earpiece with it. I was just noticing yeah. that. Like, I would oh. assume it's something like that. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. So it's pretty unwatchable for me. I'm gonna go to forget <laughs> it. I just yeah, don't with Tony that. Stark, it's just like. <laughs> And it's Marvel, so I'm like, I guess they can do whatever. So yeah. I want to get to a specific midway point, and so we need to push on there before we we go to our, our special shout-out place. So let's keep pushing for just a minute, because we end up in, uh, it's not London. London's the, the finale. that We're in Prague right now. Yeah, Prague. It, it, yeah. Yeah, got, with the Ferris wheel and the fire. And right? Prague, Prague, Prague right? wasn't even going to happen. Right, yeah. It was supposed to be Paris. Yeah. And so that's where, she, uh, I keep saying shield, that's where Fury redirects. Yep. And uh, Peter bails on everybody, going to the opera, and we get, this is this is the perfect example of the same thing with the house party in Homecoming. Yeah. Of like, this is Spider-Man responsibility versus Peter's dream. Yeah. Yeah. At the opera of MJ finally says, do you want to, I'll save you a seat. Do you want to sit next to me and share some glasses? Yeah. This That felt so classic, like mid-70s Steve Ditko Spider-Man. I think this movie nails that tone in a way that, that we haven't seen it. I think even Homecoming didn't succeed to the degree that this does. Sure. But do you, do you get what I'm saying about the party? How it was that yeah. we saw him on the roof practicing what he was going to say. And then he realized, no, I have to go do this instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It felt the same in a way here of like, I could just stay. Yeah. I could just not put the suit on. I could just stay. But he, he goes and he does the right thing. Yeah. Um, which my counselor would tell you is why I love the character, but that's neat, not the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, we get a really awesome fight and our first hint that something's not right here when Peter pulls a drone, a piece of the drone out of the sky. Yep. On accident. Yeah. And it clatters to the ground. Clatter, clatter. Clatter, clatter. And then uh, the night monkey is born. <laughs> The night monkey, so great. which is really one of funny. my favorite running jokes. That's so funny from the movie. And um, Quentin takes Peter to a little bar to like kind of decompress. Hey, I like this girl. All this stuff, and and Peter then misinterprets Tony's message as find the next Tony. And he For the gives, next Tony Stark, I trust you. Right. Yeah, he gives Quentin. The glasses and Which says, I think it, it felt like it was this Venn diagram of the stress of a relationship and trying to define that and if she likes me or not, that he just went in and brought the uncertainty and anxiousness from it and did that with his fate. Yeah. yeah. He was just like, oh, like when you pick up a wrong signal. Yeah. It's like, yep. okay, she hates me. Right. I'm not going to, we're not, I'm not going to ask around anymore. Yep. It's like, right. oh, I'm not the Iron Man. You are. Oh, what a relief to Makes move sense. past Yeah. This. And it's like, oh, now I'm done. Okay, And then great. you realize, crap. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he gives the glasses, which I hate that I knew was a bad move, but uh, yeah. you're supposed to, you know. Yeah. And then uh, when he leaves, we get Jake's best scene of the movie as like a solo performer, which is yeah. his transformation from Quentin Beck, the friendly superhero, to Quentin Beck, the mastermind and uh, the director. So I I knew and hoped that this was coming. Yeah. Uh, and I think. You probably felt the same. Carter, was this a surprise? Having somebody who did not have the background in No, because y'all talked about it. Oh, we ruined it for you. Yeah, yeah. we did. Good. Good. We did ruin it for him. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but even I, 
it was better than even I was expecting it to be. Yeah, his, me too. His I knew Mysterio switch. was like magician vibes and a hoax. Okay. Yeah. I knew that much okay. about his character. So I figured. The drones are brilliant. I've never seen it done that way before. Yeah, but the drones were the, a good touch. I, I consider this the dead middle of this movie, mm-hmm. which means it's going to be the dead middle of this podcast, which hey. means it's time to go somewhere. And that place is a shout out North listening to Shout Announcements, the part of the show weird. where we give shout outs a, and make an It's a pilot that got scared yeah. really quick. Oh, <laughs> Surprising turbulence. Oh, if you guys could keep your seats buckled and your trees back in the full... Uh, anyway, that's all the pilot speak I know. <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out, a huge shout out, not only to Tyler Station, because mm-hmm. we're there, but also to Crumb and Kettle. Yep. We're yep. sipping on their coffee. And we've now all actually. I just ate my long promised cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. I, I inhaled it in yep. genuinely about forty seconds. Yeah, it was it surprisingly was truly fast. magnificent. Yeah, some big bites. It was like uh, a zoo. Big bites for a big good taste. For a big good taste. So big good yeah, taste. Those, those are our big shout outs. Thanks, guys. This October, we're turning two. Yay! We want. And you we're going to gonna be terrible. We want you. We're going to start making really bad, loud, annoying episodes, and we're going to say our, no to everything. Our terrible twos. We're going to throw um, our food on the floor. We want your help celebrating, uh, and we need you to send in your connections to a famous. Yep, we've gotten several so far, yep. and they are very good. It's good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. But but basically, the way this is going to work is we're going to. Talk to the most famous person that we collectively, as the Two Chunks community, know. Uh, And we're going to talk to them about movies because famous or unfamous, that's something everybody can enjoy. Yep. So whether this person is groomer of the year of your local PetSmart, or whether it is, once again, (laughs) president of the entire world, John Stamos himself. John Stamos. We're going to talk to them about movies, and it's going to be real fun. Speaking of famous, uh, probably our most famous friend... Mm. Jesse Awuji. Jesse. Jesse. Who, who represents everything good and great in this podcast and in our lives. And in the world. He, yeah. was, he was birthed from the Fast and Furious franchise, which to this day has been... Not literally. Not literally. He assisted prior. When we, when we covered it, it was like one of the most meaningful things I've ever done. Um, and we'll be back doing we some will, of that in, in a couple, couple of weeks. weeks. Oh, um, but shout out to Jesse. So he's on uh, the NBC Sports Network today, July 5th. That's so true. Yeah. he's helping to cover... Um, the Daytona International Speedway, the, the coverage for NASCAR right now. So he got his first TV gig. It was just so, awesome. Which Jesse, makes congrats. That's total awesome. sense because as we were getting to know him better and kind of follow him, he does have a great personality. Yeah. He checks all the boxes, guys. But Jesse's out there doing that. So Jesse, we're happy for you today. Yeah. We hope you do well. And I want to be clear. We don't know him personally, but man, it feels like we do. I mean, he opened, <laughs> he inch, he's our only, outside of us, introduction to Two Chunks. That's on, true. That's true. Yeah. He actually did it so we for basically know him. Fate of the Furious. But he yep. really is, I mean... There's not a better guy that this could have happened to getting a gig like that. No, he, for he's so all. deserving. He's the no, best. No, no, no. Yeah. And don't forget, if you love Jesse and if you love us, rate and review mm, please. the podcast. Please. We're so close. And we're real close. Next week, speaking of not forgetting, we're watching Hitch. We're back Hitch. in the summer of love, baby. Back in the saddle again for Hitch. Excited. We're for getting that. hitched. I don't know how other to say it. Please swish, 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 hitch. Swish, swish, hitch. It's going to be great, guys. Yeah. Check it out. Is that? That's it. In the distance? Is that the show? There it is. Let's go catch up. And we're back. And we're back in the bar as well. We are back in the bar. I love this scene. It's so, so good. 
much. The way mm-hmm. that they bring back, uh, I will say the the actual. I like the idea of bringing back the guy that that Jeff Bridges yelled at about boxer scraps. Right. And I like the idea of bringing back who is Ralphie from A Christmas Story, by the way. No way. Yep. Oh my goodness gracious. <sighs> yep. Put him in a pink bunny suit. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ralphie. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. I like the idea of bringing back him and and making uh, Quentin Beck somebody who has been involved with Tony in the past. Yeah. I don't think we needed a hard cut to the exact scene from that movie. Yeah, that the, felt a little the weird. The execution of that was really, really wonky for it me. It felt oceans. Yeah. It, like it, when you're going through and, and you're going to be the one who does this. Yeah, That's something that. this movie never does. That's something Marvel never really does in terms of like that kind of vibe. It just felt yeah, really, just really... Hit. And that's, but that shows fair, you... the only other option to clarify who it was was to have him be like, now who built something with a box of scraps? <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> right, yeah. That's fair. Because we're not going to be like, oh yeah, it's that one guy. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be the exact guy that he yelled and at, w- though. Which was... Yeah. Like do you want to do that yell for us? I mean, we've got a Jeff yeah, Bridges yeah, impersonator yeah, in the room right now. Why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit, of, a little taste Tony of that. Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah, it's pretty good. It gets better. It does. I, that one felt better. It's marbly. Yeah, it really does better. sound like you've got just a bunch of nuts stored for the winter in your cheeks yeah. while you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere between uh, Pete Wentz from Fallout Boy and a big cough. I think that <laughs> also th- a scene from My Fair Lady. <laughs> I think that he doesn't need to be that exact guy though. Like if sure. if, if Mysterio, if if he's like, man, I recruited you guys. You, you were languishing away, doing nothing, working to replicate Iron Man tech for Obadiah Stane. Working for Obadiah Stane, yeah. You were this, you were this. And that, we still check those boxes and we don't have to do these awkward cuts back to scenes. Like, it almost felt like Marvel was sitting next to me in the theater, elbowing me in the ribs. Like, remember our other ones? You remember this movie? Yeah. You remember this movie? Yeah, I could see that. The Vulture's character was kind of like that too, wasn't he? I mean, he's just basically picking up the actual scraps of what the Avengers are leaving behind. But we didn't, in that, we didn't cut back to the Battle of New York and see Michael Keaton just like looking up as as a Leviathan, like worms overhead. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. It felt felt strangely textual rather than subtextual. Exactly. Yeah. In a way that hasn't really been done before. Not a super dump, just a little... A little place where it's like, oh, that's awkward. Yeah, I do love that the theme so far seems to be Spider-Man's villains are people who are tr- attempting to rise from the ashes of what the other Avengers have done. Yeah, and are lumping Spider-Man in with the destruction of the other Avengers. They're very much a villain that another. is the result of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty cool. Love it. Um, and so, um, something else that we get in this this bar scene, which is super characterizing, is. Um, the ability to kind of turn it on and off so quickly from Quentin Beck, the show yeah. that he is, I mean, really kind of sociopathic in his, like... Yeah, that's the difference. Heroic versus, like, the real Quentin Beck who is meticulous and, like, yep. scheming and intelligent. I mean, and we get why earlier he says, never apologize for being the smartest one in the room because mm-hmm. he sees himself in that moment. Yeah. You know, being put down. Well, and also, too, it has kind of the recklessness of some of the greatest villains ever in terms of, I mean, if I want to reach my goal, people will die. They'll have to. They'll have to, but that's not... like It's very very much syndrome from The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's that same kind of vibe. That's a good call. Yeah. I like that a lot. So, um, from from the bar, we get... uh, Is this when we move on to... uh, yeah, because he defeats what is supposed to be the last elemental. Right. Here. Fire elemental. Yeah. Right. And then we move on to, is, is it London next? I guess. 
Yeah. Is it London next? Is it London, is it London next? Are we off to London now? Uh, but it is though, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, if they had filmed this scene just but like a year earlier, out there by the London Bridge, the Tower Bridge would have been a massive statue of Jeff Goldblum. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. No. Him lounging from Jurassic Park? Yes. Yeah. It was there for over a year. Wow. Yeah. Like a traveling sculpture. And Where is when, it now? When I went to Oxford and when I went to London. To I hang had, out with your friend Ridley? I had missed it by two days. Oh, oh my no. God. I almost got to see that. And my I would have thought it was from heaven, the Lord's hand just put it there. Just for put Jeff Goldblum specifically down specifically me. That's wow. so good because I love quirk, and Jeff Goldblum has to be the quirkiest. Yeah, the most saturated him and molecule Murray. for molecule quirkiest person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But anyways, moving on. That's great. What if they had built something around that? <laughs> like, there's a fight on Jeff Goldblum lounging out. In but life. they have to be like, is this? Is this the Grandmaster? Is this the Grandmaster from the- Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's in the MCU. Like, why is he? Yeah. That would be funny, actually. Yes, I love it. Oh, so and at the end, we see it on Ragnarok because the Grandmaster <laughs> found out it was there and has it in his house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, so we're we're in London now, right? Do we want to talk about uh, Peter and MJ at this point? Yeah, sure. Is the next thing? Yeah. yeah. I love their relationship. I, in love I do, too. I pump it. I, I buy it 100%. I wish... It it doesn't necessarily feel lazy to me, but it does feel like they're he's Peter and she's MJ, so of course they're gonna like each other. You know what I mean? We don't we don't get a whole lot of reason why. So like I we hear, did I hear the reverse. For me, it feels like he's Peter and she and they like each other, so of course she's MJ is the Okay is yeah. the difference that I, I mean feel. Mary Jane in the comics has traditionally not had much Ah, this could be spicy. Not much going on outside of being in love with Peter and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I like that she is a character with personality and quirk, I think is a great yeah. word. Mm-hmm. She she is beyond she is beyond just like the the girl next door that she's kind of morbid. <laughs> she's she kind of kind of morbid. Yeah. It's really funny. And it she contrasts really well to Peter's spunkiness. But we never see them fall in like with each other. You know what yeah, I mean? No, like they true. just start the movie secretly liking each other. Mm, I think she starts to like him in Homecoming with the so mathlete stuff. Really? Because she's just there in the background. She's like the, uh, is it Eponine in Les Mis? Yeah. That loves one of our main protagonists, but she knows From she can't distance. have him. Yeah. So it kind of feels like that. But she's just so, it might be she's so deadpan as a character that it's hard to pick up on. And yeah. we are already, because she, we don't even know she's technically MJ till the end of that movie, right? Yeah. Because she yeah, says, because she's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it works. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. I think there's just an, there's another know. building block that could have exactly. been there for you. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That makes sense. I do love um, that she basically guesses because we have watched her be so observant. Yes. It makes sense. It falls in line yeah. with what we know about and her. And it's not as much that she thought, like she's, she's got an eye on him because she likes him. Right. Not as much because, like she notices that he's not there because she's very interested. I love yeah. it. Yeah. But then that whole thing was very high school. Like, is that the only reason you were watching me? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. That's the only reason. That was so high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is when we find the piece of the projector and we realize, mm-hmm. oh, no, mm-hmm. Quentin Beck's a liar. This isn't good. And uh, Peter sends Ned and MJ off together to protect one another. Yep. Dons the stealth suit and heads out in search of, I guess, Fury, right? Yeah. That's how we end up. He's trying to go tell Fury about Mysterio. The next... Five minutes of this movie are perfect. I agree. 
They are, this is the moment that if I had to pick a moment instead of my previous super pump, this would be my super pump, mm-hmm. is this scene. Um, Peter ends up in the car with Fury, and then it is just five minutes of what's real, what's not real, what is up, what is down. Yeah. As Mysterio, straight out of the animated series from the 90s, straight <laughs> out of the PS2 Spider-Man game, and straight out of my heart, absolutely destroys Peter's mind with illusion. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. You really see the full power of what he's capable of doing. The multiple Spider-Men coming after him, yep. jumping off of what looks to be the top of a building and landing about two feet down head first into the concrete. Oh yep. man, it's so good. Stuck in the snow globe that becomes the helmet, that becomes multiple helmet. Like, it is just incredible. This is so amazing. Good. My super dump is in this sequence. <laughs> really? Yeah. When when it, it involves the skeletal Iron Man when Peter's oh, at the really? at the gravestone. It's a super dump of a missed opportunity, I think, because as somebody who's a huge fan of the character, that should be Ben Parker's grave. If we're trying to if we're trying to play the guilt card on Spider Man, the guilt is not Tony saved the world and you didn't. Right. The guilt is you didn't save your uncle when you could have. And yeah. and I get that. That Tony had that. Tony is taking on the Uncle Ben role in this, yeah. and I didn't love that in Homecoming, and I really don't like it in this because that's that's that doesn't work. That's not a, a motivator because Spider Man is not directly responsible. So right. it's easy to look at that and say you shouldn't feel guilt over that. But part of what defines the character is that you can look at that in the comics and say you should feel guilty. Yeah, about that. you you kind of messed, messed up, up there. Yeah, the death of Ben Parker in the comics shows Peter why he has to be Spider Man. The death of Gwen shows him what it's going to cost to keep being Spider Man, and that he has to pay that cost. And without without those, you can't you can't play the guilt thing with Peter. It just it doesn't work unless you really set those foundations up. And so this moment didn't work for me. He has no reason to feel guilty over Tony's death. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't see it as feeling guilty over Tony's death, but more guilt over letting down Tony's legacy. Is how I, That's how I interpreted Mysterio it. Mysterio directly tries to play to Tony's death, though. He says, if you were better, you could have saved him. Yeah, so right? I and wonder if... It's too easy for Peter to go, no, in, I couldn't have. In the no. cartoon, is does Mysterio do that with Ben? Is there ever a, so. an... In, so uh, yeah, it could be that, that like, the illusions, and I, I, I agree with this. Because you wouldn't have to go so meta to try and figure out like if this is if Marvel was actually being smarter than we think. Yeah. But like, how would he even know about his uncle? Like the big Mysterio. news is that Iron Man died. Right. So it's like because it's not in he his can't head, create it's... something he doesn't even know about. I guess he can't true. fabricate the fact that Ben existed. That's fair. It, but for me, I totally like, get that. I just feel like you can't show Spider Man kneeling at a tombstone, feeling guilty, and have and that be not anybody be other than Ben well, Parker it's or Gwen like, Stacy. So it's not as as big of a deal as if if Christopher Nolan just never talked about the fact that Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. Yeah, and that's kind of what made him like drove him into just like being pretty dark and like right, yeah, lonely and off to himself. But it does feel like a brush over a little bit because all we even get in this movie that even references him. <laughs> Is the initials in the suitcase. suitcase. This is Ben's old suitcase. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, dude. That's good. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. So, my super pump, uh, this was probably the best time to do it because this was the peak of it. I, my super pump is the special effects. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're very good. This plot relied so heavily on it. And it's not like I didn't think Marvel could do special effects well. I mean, we just saw a war in Endgame that involved probably over a thousand different 
beings. Yeah, like yeah. Nothing, on screen. Nothing I, there was actually real. Right. Yeah. Never seen anything like that in my life. But this, it just felt like a point within a point. Because it was like, I told Jordan after, I was like, the the special effects team, the visual effects team played the role of Mysterio. They were Mysterio for us. Yeah. yeah. Like, because things that would happen, like when we would get a camera that was seemed to be mounted on a drone following Spider-Man through, yeah. swinging through the tower bridge, I I assume that was real. There's a moment in my life in like a fraction of a second that I was like, that's pretty cool that they were able to strap it to that drone and follow Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and then I'm like, wait a second, none of it exists. Yeah. None of none of what is happening right now exists. And for them to have to be so creative to we get kind of half of these elementals for a while. And then now we're inside the elementals. Oh, this, that was so yeah. awesome. This was just unbelievable. It really was. I've never seen anything like it. Unbelievable. And it had to be. Like, it had to be realistic because they have to be able to fool everyone. Like, it's funny how many roles we play as the Watcher. Like, we are Peter Parker. Yeah. And then for a while, we're Mysterio. And then for a while, we're just a drone. Like, we're, yeah. we're being fooled just like everyone in the movie is fooled. So it created such an immersive experience. That's different than... I remember the first time I saw Transformers in theaters. I was like, wow. That's a lot of moving pieces. Like Transformers yeah. blew my mind in terms of CGI and special effects. But it hadn't really, outside of that, it was like, I know this is fake. Yeah. But they did something in this one that for some reason, for some reason, it like blurred it that made line me a lot. think Mysterio could be a thing. <laughs> right. Like yeah. someone yeah. could actually be a Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so brilliant too that they made him techie. Like he was more of a an Iron Man scarecrow hybrid than 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 an actual magician like right. Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah. He actually doesn't hold any power outside of being the smartest person in the room. Right. And his whole like scene of being the director as they're directing the combat sequence for the new elemental Brilliant. was so good. His rewind, like, no, 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 rewind it, go back, like double the attack power. Let's do that. Like he but was a doing director. So many little things I don't even know. I can't even wrap my mind around how long it took. I know. I it's know. everywhere. Yeah. I could not believe it. It's so good. And you're you're integrating it with things that are real that everyone's familiar with. These are all popular spots in the world. But you're throwing all of this into something and destroying things that exist, but you're not actually destroying them. I don't know. I couldn't wrap my head yeah. around it. And I was like, this yeah. blows my mind. It's it unbelievable. Great. So at the end of this sequence, uh, Peter gets hit by a train in what might be the most shocking moment Whoa. of any MCU movie for me. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my goodness. But like, luckily on the other side of the train is Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, was I late? Was but he's I late? very old. <laughs> I got you, Peter. Oh, I missed it. Like he's not even there to save anybody. <laughs> so Peter ends up in the Netherlands, which is maybe the funniest I joke in the this. entire movie. I didn't even realize I want to get to know that culture more because it's like they're making them the Canada of Europe. Yeah. yeah. And I they're absolutely all so loved nice. it. Everybody's like, yeah, take the phone. Like yeah. so good. Uh they closed the cell door that he opened yes. yeah. to stay in prison. Uh, I love the scene whenever whenever Happy gets out of the plane mm -hmm. and Peter's like skittish and scared because he still doesn't know what's real. Yeah. I, the way Tom Holland plays that is so good. It's great. Uh the plane I want to talk about. Yeah, when we Ooh. go up, it was so good. So good. Some of the best. Uh, some of the best performance from. Uh, good grief, John Favreau. Thank you. Some of the best John Favreau performance of the MCU. I yeah, think is he's here. good in this. Tom Holland is just the tears in his eyes as he is. Yeah, like, he's, he's a good cryboy. Oh, he's amazing. Goodness. He's really great. He really is. And then when he finally is like, "Okay, so what are you going to do?" Like, 
I don't mean later. I mean, right now, what are you going to do? And he stands up and he walks to the back and he starts to remake the suit. And it's so Tony. Uh, so I, I've, I'm conflicted about this moment and I want to explain. Okay. I love this. I loved the ACDC and I love him with his arm in. <laughs> that he thought was I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. For reference. It was just such a good, like, you can be the next Tony. But here's my super dump. I really wanted him to not be the next Tony, but to be the first Spider-Man. And I, I know yes. that's what he is. And I, I think, think that's there's what they're still doing. room for that, but no, yeah. There totally is. And I think that's what they're doing. And I think that's even sort of the subtext. Yep. I just wish it had been a little less overtly like, you're Tony 2.0. And like, I think it's okay to say you're Tony 2.0 as long as we remember that means you're better than Tony. It felt too much like it was like anytime the MCU has left the MCU to appeal to what feels like, like I talked about earlier, like making money. I don't know. It was just like, hey, it's okay. We're going to be okay. Yeah. There's a new Iron Man. Yeah. It, that felt yeah. more like it was for me as just a I agree. And I, movie watcher than it was for the story. This was yeah. almost my super dump because I don't, I don't love that. Like this, he's not Dick Grayson being Nightwing and then being Batman and then being Nightwing He's again. not graduating up to he's Iron Man. He's not graduating. He wasn't ever Iron Man's sidekick. Well, he wasn't like ever. Falcon being yeah. Captain right. America. He is Spider-Man the end. Valkyrie right. being Thor or whatever. Yeah. I love, I love this moment because of what it means to Peter as a character. But I do wish that there had been more of an emphasis on don't be Tony, be better than Tony. Yeah. There kind of was in the play. I agree. Okay. I agree. I just, I think I mean more like lessons learned versus actual, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just, it just left me, it's not even that bad. And this movie's so good, it was hard to pick. Yeah. But for real, like the reason it's my super dump is just because like, it was a little. I don't. I don't want to say on the nose, but it was just a little too like, like give me yeah. less overt. Tony. I think it would have been. I think it. We could have, and this may have besmirched Tony's legacy, I guess. But if there was something where it's like, hey, you can have this when you're ready. Give it a couple of years. You know what I mean? And he had to. That was to, the Iron Man Spider Man suit, though, right? He turned it down at the end. Right. I, I, I think there okay. needs to be something in this. If we're if he's not. Because I don't think that he should be the next Iron Man. No. And I don't think the movie wants us to think he should be well, the next Iron no, Man. No, Happy blatantly says, yeah. you can't be him. You'll right. never be Nobody him. could be Tony. But it yeah. needs to be more clear in that he's overcoming Tony's shortcomings in some way. Yeah. Like if Tony underestimated him and it's like, you can have Edith when you turn 21. And Peter's sure. like, no, I'm ready now. I'm Spider-Man now. I'm not going to be Spider-Man one day. I'm Spider-Man today. Right. Yeah. Well, and ultimately, I, I think why I still am able to really love this moment is because like, I think I'm able to like pretend my way into being like he's he's it's paying tribute to Tony, but he's still better. But I just wish there had been more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um but I want I want to kind of burn through this ending because it's so good, but I do want to touch at least a little bit on the post-credit scene. So let's go to this kind of ending fight. Yep. It's my super pump. It's so good. Yeah. It yeah. feels like a video I mean, game. And it's in a way mine. I mean, it was just like that was another point where I was like, no, yeah, this is. Because I don't know why I have felt sometimes like special effects was kind of a cheap thing to really like. Right. It just felt like it's like you've waved something really pretty in front of me. I'm like, that's <laughs> my favorite one. Uh, for me, the super pump comes when uh, the Peter tingle. Oh, close <laughs> your eyes. Right when he, when he, uh, <sighs> this is a, a three beat <sighs> of the Mysterio Jeez. illusions because we established that they're real and he can't tell what's going on when he fights the elementals. We reinforce that once he's caught onto Mysterio and he still can't tell what's real. And then for the third and final movement of the three beat, we subvert that and we say he can tell what's real because he doesn't need to use his eyes. Mm-hmm. I love that. This is so, way, so good. Yes. How did they, how many times did it take them 
to like create that scene or storyboard that scene and be like, yeah, this will make sense to the audience. Like I knew it was happening. I knew it was yeah. happening and they just delivered it in a way. Well, thank goodness the, the suit's eyes can close. Yeah. yeah. Let us see in that moment. I mean, if this was happening. a, if this was a Tobey Maguire or they Andrew Garfield one, they would have ripped his mask yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm glad that they didn't do. But like, yeah. I, w- I was reading something, I think it was on Reddit, but I was reading something where somebody said, imagine being Quentin Beck standing at the end of that hallway and this kid that you know for a fact is 16 just closed his eyes Yep. to punch all of your drones to get to you and just uppercut you to death yeah. Yeah. at the end of this hallway. Like, so impressive. So amazing. And then do you want to talk, I mean, it's your super pump. Do you want to talk about essentially how it ends? Oh, yeah. Fight? I love when he, he Mysterio is dying. Mm, you guys yeah, didn't yeah, see yeah, me yeah. do this quotes. as a podcast. There's mm. air quotes around dying on the ground. And Peter, right before the gun fires, catches it Ooh, and pushes boy. it up. That's peak That's Spider-Man. Amazing. That That's was, peak Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting uh Goose pimples. some Carter Tingle right now. <laughs> yeah. From you saying that. I it was yeah. so cool. And I love that that Peter is angry and he also looks like he's genuinely hurt. And he's like sad for he's Quentin. Like, you are done. You're done lying to me. Mm. That was so good. Powerful. Yeah. So, so good. Do you guys think that Mysterio's really dead? I don't know. I hope not. I don't want him to be. I also don't want him to be. But Edith said he was. Yeah. Yeah, but he never transferred control. I did. I do know that she made a point that the owner has to transfer control verbally, and he was dead, so he couldn't do that. Okay. I wonder if there's a biometric scanner thing for Peter, though. Well, I'm sure that Peter maintains ultimate authority over it no matter what, but yeah. that's just something I noticed. I'm not saying it means anything. Yeah. And again, the fact that we're talking about this has happened to us with another Marvel movie. Good job, Marvel. Mm-hmm. We're talking about they've done enough to us already that we're like, could be. Could be. They've been smart enough to put little Easter eggs in there. It's true. So so Peter goes. I home. do want to briefly <laughs> touch on what might be the coolest Spider-Man shot in a movie, which okay. is him with the shield and the drone on the end of a web, like yeah, a flail. Cool. <gasps> yes. That was just very cool. And that was, I think that was a reference to, 100% to Cap and the hammer in Endgame. Well, yes. I think that was, I think that was Marvel's way of saying he's kind of both, guys. Yeah. He's kind of both a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do pump the the um, scene of MJ and them just on this burning bridge. Like that's the, yeah, that's great. what's attractive to her. And like that's the, the life that she's cool to live. Yeah. And she's making a joke about it. Yeah. There was a lot of good really like joking about like things that were going on. Yeah. Like, hey, we realize this is ridiculous. In a good way too. Yeah. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean if there was that much jarring stuff in the world that people weren't, wouldn't still make jokes about it. Sure. Right. So that's an interesting concept. And so Peter goes home. Peter catches up with uh, Aunt May. He has no stuff because it all blew up, which yep. was a very funny line. Oh, yep. Ned and Betty break up. No more Nettie. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah, so good. And they're both so mature about it. Like, we'll always have the memories. You know, it's just Gosh, a time and place for certain people. I love Ned. Um, the final swing in this movie is it? Is it making fun of the mannequin swing from? Is it Spider-Man 2? I don't think that it is. I think this is, I think, at least for me, this is played totally earnestly because we've it not- It looked really bad. We've not had a, uh, we've not had a final swing in the MCU. Yeah. Because that's something that every Spider-Man movie up until Homecoming did. And Homecoming actually caught a lot of flack for not having him swinging through Manhattan ever. Yeah. 
I loved that in this one. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. yeah. But the close-up on MJ over his shoulder did not look great to me. And it oh, reminded it me, me of the, it reminded me of the Spider-Man mannequin swing from two where he it's is Spider-Man clearly, one. Is it one? Yeah. Uh, and MJ's hair is blowing the wrong direction as yeah. they're swinging. And he's, yeah. he is clearly like a store mannequin just standing completely That's still so with funny. no movement. So, yeah. This so, worked a lot better for me than that. I think too. this looked better than that. Me too. Funny. But it did so not look great My to me. super dump is in here. Okay. And I think... I don't know what it is. I know what it is. I just don't know where it's coming from and why I was so irritated by it. I think one of my biggest flaws in life is there are things that irritate me that don't irritate anybody else. And when you look at it, I look like a big jerk. <laughs> um, I don't understand. Yes, we, we, we recognize that we live in a world that has other superheroes and we see these superheroes a lot more. Why does nobody really react to this dude swinging through a big city? <laughs> that irritated me. And it's yeah, like super true. dumb, but I know that feels so cheap. Yeah. But I was like, of all the things, like, why are we, I don't know, we're just okay with it? Well, particularly with what's coming next um, in think, the post credit. Yeah, I, I think, think somebody, nobody's going to be okay with it. But I think it would have been cool to have people like, yeah, Spider-Man, as he swings like sure, going crazy. That's not the same and thing. then two seconds later, we get, oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was. Cool. It just felt like a bunch of, I it was so bad. I thought we were about to get a, a peek at Mysterio being alive. I thought everything that was happening was an illusion. Oh, I thought he was weird. swinging through like something and no one around was even yeah. alive. Oh, that would have been wild. And so I was like, "Oh, that's totally what's going to happen." And they didn't address it. And I was like, "Oh, I'm just a jerk." Like, why did this bother me so much? But <laughs> yeah, I ended up funny. I couldn't not think about it. So that was my super dumb. That is funny. I hear you. So we end. We go to the credits, and then we get maybe one of the most consequential mid credit scenes of the MCU. Yeah, the the post credit scenes in this are big time, big, big time, big time. deal time. Huge. Um, and so we get, first of all, J.K.'s back. Yeah. Hello. Yellow Eminem himself. Love J.K. Simmons. Yes. The only time that's ever been done. Yeah. A pre-MCU Marvel character that's actually been brought into the MCU as the same character. And so, I think it's because that is literally perfect casting. Yes. Um, it's Nobody else could do that. But they have made him this like, out of his mind, crazy Alex Jones, like Rush Limbaugh, kind of yeah. like I host an internet show where I just rant like a madman and people buy into it, and I'm crazy. That like, is perfect. Stephen that is, A. Smith for my sports yeah. fans out there. That is the that is the the new world's version of an angry newspaper editor. Yeah, and, and do it the I'm best fine. way to do it. That it's supposed perfect. to feel like the MCU is just next door to us, yeah. to our current yeah. state. And uh, then we get the wildest thing, which is so. This is the only reason I think that maybe. Quentin Beck could be alive is when did he record himself saying that stuff? Yeah. Unless he recorded it afterwards and they edited it in together. Because how could he have planned for that? Unless that's all special effects from Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Yeah. I don't know. But Plus Mysterio also feels like Mysterio as a character could still be around, but maybe not Quentin Beck. Right? Maybe. Could you have someone else at the reins? With the way they set it up, you definitely could. I feel like it would be weird for me, but that's just because I like Jake. Um. Spider-Man's identity is revealed to the whole world, and I hate it. Yep. Which means I, it's probably a good move. I love it. But I hope that it's reversible. Well, because it, it also feels like a, like, I mean, if he is the next Spider-Man, that was a real pivotal thing in the Spider in the or the next Iron Man. Yeah, that was a big thing. In Iron, he says, oh, "I am Iron Man." So Tony sure. Stark is but revealed like to be Spider-Man. Back is this. so much more around secret identity. Like I saw something where somebody said that 
they could easily have a scroll turn to look like Peter and have Spider-Man swing overhead while Peter's there. I was just about to say, he's come back from this so many times yeah. in the comics where it's literally just somebody else put on the costume and make sure we're seen together. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, you can't be Spider-Man. Right. And it, I uh, feel like it would be really easy, especially if people don't know about scrolls. Is now the time for me to bring you my J. Jonah Jameson style crackpot theory for Spider-Man Home Away From Home or whatever the next one's called. Well, let's let's talk about the second... Okay. Um, okay. Because I feel like it's going to play in anyway. The second post-credit scene. It's not, but okay. Is it not? No. We'll no. still talk about it real yeah. quick, and then we can end with you going on your crackpot. Yeah. Give me my rant. So, um, the the last scene, it's revealed that uh, Nick Fury and Mariah Hill had spent the entire movie, at least this movie, as scrolls. Yep. And not as Sam Jackson. And, which do we ever find out where Kobe Smolders is? No. Interesting. I don't think we do. Because they were nope. both scroll, right? They both changed. They both yeah. were scroll. Yeah. It was the husband and wife. So... It was Talos and his wife. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe she's in space with Nick. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Nick Fury's in space. And this he's is building something. Likely sword. You think so? I, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's uh, opening up a lot for... This was the... Like 30 seconds of here's a lot of what the next phase is. Yeah. So for those of you not in the know, S.W.O.R.D. is... Uh, Including me on this current podcast. It's like the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. basically. If S.H.I.E.L.D. Galactic. S.H.I.E.L.D. exists as like a terrestrial counterterrorism force. S.W.O.R.D. is a space station orbiting Earth that exists as a a counter... A, an extraterrestrial counterterrorism force yeah. basically. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's like Galactic S.H.I.E.L.D. basically. Love it. Yep. So like I, I would I would bet I would bet every single podcast listener's entire salary that this is sword. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see it being anything else. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, awesome. after after endgame, you gotta know that some you you yeah. need to step up beyond yep. and your I planet. Think, I think there will be, I think the next thing that we're building toward, this is not my rant zone that I was talking about. This is a mini rant that you get before the real rant. Mm. I think the next big event we're building toward will involve the final movements of the Kree Skrull War because Skrull Fury and Skrull Hill, at one point, a scene begins with them talking about, yeah, and it's crazy that there are still Kree cells active operating today. Then they change the subject and start talking about something else. I think they know that the Kree know they're still here and are mobilizing and moving toward Earth. And that's why we're creating S.W.O.R.D. and it's going to be some sort of, I don't think it's going to be as long coming as Infinity War and Endgame, but I think that the next big thing that we're building towards will be some sort of Kree scroll war involving our remaining heroes on Earth. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, it's an easy involvement from like connection to Captain Marvel, everyone it, in Guardians. It feels low stakes enough that it's not disrespectful to Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. To but, where we could get there pretty quickly. But it also feels high stakes enough that it's that it's not like, oh, why didn't why isn't this just a Thor movie or something? Right. right. You know. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. I dig it. I think that's a good call. Now give us your rant real quick. Can I have my turn, please? Yeah, make it fast, Doge. Spider-Man 3. <clears throat> Dollars to donuts, this is what's going to happen. Matt Gargan is in prison right now. He was one of the Vultures guys in Spider-Man Homecoming. He that's had true. a tattoo of, of a, scorpion. a scorpion on his neck. In the comics, Matt Gargan becomes a villain with a, a powered exosuit called the Scorpion. And he is created by... J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson hires him to kill Spider-Man and outfits him with all of this tech 
turns out he's trapped in this suit. And so he turns and attacks Jameson because he's stuck living in this mech suit. Ugh. 100%, 100% bet right now that that will be Spider-Man 3, that J.K. Simmons will go through whatever black market connections he has. Maybe it's with the Vulture to bust Gargan out of prison, uh, put him in the suit and say, this is the kid that put you there, go get him. And then he's going to turn on Jameson. Peter's going to have to save Jameson. And then Spider-Man will still be a menace in Jameson's eyes. Yeah. yeah. Do we do we feel like Scorpion's the side villain? like, Or is he going to be the main villain, you think? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I would... He well, feels, I think in that world, he feels JK, side to me. like JJ, JJ Jameson, Jameson would be a villain. villain. But yeah. I, I could see Which, that happening very easily. I really want and think they could go craven with the revelation of his um, secret identity. Yeah. I really feel like this is an easy segue into yeah. a Craven's Last Hunt situation. And if you yeah. have made a villain to be played by J.K. Simmons, great move. Yeah. Well, but you better bring the heat. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Ooh, that's, that's the kind that's of stuff I love. That's my money. That'd be good stuff. Love it. So let's do it. Thanks for listening. This is a fun episode. Big fan. Don't forget that next week we have, we to, have rate to rate this the movie. Oh my gosh, we do. Don't Are we? you serious? Are you kidding me right I now? I just assumed that we all knew. <laughs> this week, we're going to rate the movie. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. We do that most weeks. <laughs> Sounds okay. good. Well, if you insist, here at Two Chunks and a Hunk, we have perfected the art of rating movies using science. The one from Peter's High School in this movie. The scientific cinema scale is perfect and as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing we could ever say, that's going to be buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that, it's forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken us. I'll go first. Okay. Buy the poster. Okay. This ended up being one of my favorite MCU movies. Okay. Um, I love Tom Holland. I love what was done with Mysterio. There was just, it was checking all the boxes and, and they just keep doing it. it. It was as, not as impressive. So a lot of my buying the poster for Endgame was the fact that they were able to tie in all these loose, you know, strings and make this all make sense. Yeah. But the fact that you could, like, this almost felt as hard or harder to do. Yeah. To be like, you have, and you've called it end. You've put end in the movie. And now here we go. But everyone knows the next phase, there's another phase. And there's no right. sign of the MCU slowing down. Did you down. catch that on the, the like, yeah. subway thing uh, in New York when Spider-Man's on the lamppost watching Jameson on the screen? At the very end. There's, like, a construction thing. It's taped off and it says phase, phase one. one, phase two, phase three. We're excited to show you what's next. And, and it's then like question a, marks. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Brilliant. But it's good. It's so good. And yeah. and yeah, it MCU continues to just do everything right. Yep. So Yeah, I'm also gonna buy the poster, I think. Um I'm I'm just blown away by this movie. I I wanna say they can do no wrong. Obviously they've got some weak links, but man, recently they are just absolutely scissor kicking everything they do. One hundred percent. It's just it's so good. This is also gonna be an easy poster for me. Yeah, this is I probably figured. oh, probably my favorite live action Spider Man. Only one that would give it a run for its money would be Spider-Man 2. I do love Spider-Man But this too. one is so good. So great. Such an easy poster purchase for me. It's good stuff. Wow. What a movie. Well, now thanks for listening. <laughs> now, <laughs> really now, you can, now you can do the part you wanted to now do. Now we can be thanks for listening. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Don't forget that next week we're going to be listening 
and reviewing. What am I saying? <clears throat> we're going to be listening to Hitch next week. So we're going to be <laughs> reviewing Hitch as we continue our Summer of Love to Return to Summer series. So tune in because it's going to be delicious. Summary. To end today's episode, I would like for us each to say our name and what we believe the title of the next Spider-Man movie will be. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I have it on good authority that the next movie will be called Spider-Man, colon, Home Again, Home Again. Jiggity jig. Yes. I want it. I'm Doge, and it will probably be mostly about Peter and MJ, so I'm calling it Home is Where the Heart Is. Hmm. And I'm Carter, and I've already looked at the uh, credits. I've looked at the... uh, who they've cast, they just cast a yellow lab, which makes me think mm. this is going to be Spider-Man Homeward Bound. Oh, <laughs> <Carter>. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very good. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.